Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune in to my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Caram. It's the injury every athlete fears. Associated with a central surgery and a year on the sidelines, a ruptured anterior cruciate ligament has a devastating effect on those who suffer it. With post-operative re-rupture rates as high as one in three, and just half of patients returning to their previous levels within two years, I'm on a mission to discover if there's a better way to recovery. And with the rise of women's sport unequally blighted by ACL injuries, I also want to know how we can prevent this often innocuous injury from occurring so frequently. I think I've found some solutions, but whisper them around surgeons. You might be able to return to the activity you love quicker without going into the night. And hold on to your tin hats. We're now learning that a ruptured ACL can heal naturally. Join me as I speak to the professionals using groundbreaking research to lead the way in challenging the overdependency on surgery. Plus, hear from a raft of athletes who have already followed this alternative pathway, the non-operative. So in this episode, I want to introduce you to somebody who I came across on the ACL and meniscus tear recovery without surgery Facebook group. Um, his name's Stuart Rainbow, and um, his story's as uplifting as his name portrays in that he's gone from you know a really devastating injury to returning to his aspiration of a, a remarkable sporting feat that he's now looking to achieve after overcoming this so um yeah this is Stuart's story so my injury was um well, obviously, like most, it was a full rupture of the ACL. Um, meniscus damage, um, obviously, which is pretty common, I believe, a, you know, a fracture of the, the top part of the of the leg, just under the knee. Um, and I did that um, downhill skiing at Mount Buller. I hit a, uh, a lovely icy patch. Uh, believe it or not, there is icy patches at Mount Buller. And, um, yeah, just couldn't stop. Uh, I've been skiing for... 26 years, never had an injury skiing. Um, and um, yeah, just, just basically trying to get an edge. And when I finally got an edge, um, I, I believe what happened is it, it dug in because you know, you're trying to get an edge on your skis. My skis will notice anyway. And it dug in and then it just kicked my knee back. And I just remember my, my knee. Uh, and then I was on my back, and I just remember rolling over and seeing my ski go one way, which, you know, I don't normally lose my ski. And I just thought to myself, oh, no, I've, I've done something here. And um, my wife and uh, and family ended up coming down and um, seeing me there. And, and, and my good nephew was that Aussie. He's a, he's a snowboarder. He's an 18-year-old cool dude. And uh, he ended up sliding all the way on his backside down towards me and uh, he's, he's a big guy he's probably like six two, six three, and he ended up um i still, I still remember he he backed up towards me sitting on his butt and uh, i had to use his his body as uh leverage because it was quite a obviously steep area and um and i just remember just trying to 
click my ski boot in and I just I just couldn't seem to get the power to, to click it in. I'm like, what's going on here? So I, I needed a, a wife and, and him and my brother-in-law to give me a bit of a help and uh, you know, basically got my boot in. And then I uh, actually ski, had to ski down two different uh, chairlifts, to, uh, sorry, two different runs and two different chairlifts to go back. And I remember telling my brother-in-law, I just can't turn. I don't know what's going on. And uh, yeah, then walked to the, uh, or walked or hobbled to the, um, to the bus stop and uh, as soon as I got to the bus stop which people were staying at the ski lodge up there I ended up um, just there was a like dent in the ground and um, I just remember falling over right at the bus right there at the bus oh, you know and uh, and head first and yeah, it wasn't good and I just knew I'd done something bad and I was just hoping it wasn't something serious because I was uh, all, all my hopes were I was training for a 200 mile uh, 200 mile run and um yeah so that's that thought of how how that thought of happened uh there tim <laughs> yeah so, so your knee was in a pretty bad state i mean it's, it sounds obvious that it would but for many people that suffer an acl injury um it can be a bit of a surprise to them that they've done the kind of severity of the damage that they've they've done because they can be quite stable was, was your knee in a pretty bad place in terms of sounds like you'd lost a lot of the function and strength and stability in it um when it happened yeah, so I did. Um, when I was walking down to the ski lodge, um, obviously it was on the on the road and uh, ski boots, getting around ski boots, I hate ski boots. They're the worst, <laughs> worst things ever, right? But I just remember just going slowly down there and my nephew was with me and, yeah, you're right, like just I was basically shuffling. Mm. Um, I wasn't really uh, bending my knee or anything like that. And then when I had... Um, we had, so I didn't go to medical up there. I didn't go to the, you know, first aid area. I sort of wanted, I sort of went home and, um, true to me, I'm, I'm, I jumped in the shower. I'm like, maybe if I have a shower, it'll magically disappear or something, right? Yep. Um, and was it, uh, if I have a couple of pints, then it will magically disappear first. Yeah, it wasn't long and I, I did have a couple of ciders after that, but, um, Got out of the shower, it was still the same. And then the crew came in and they're like, you know, what's going on? Because I, I normally don't have, you know, an injury of skiing that just doesn't happen. But we ended up um, chasing down a physio. The physio came out so, uh, on site. He's actually the um, Australian Olympic physio as well. And uh, and he was magnificent. And he put me in one of those big um, black bra uh, knee braces, which we've probably all, all had if you've done an ACL. And um, and he, he alluded to the fact that it could be an ACL. He's obviously seen many in his time. Um but he didn't i don't think he wanted to dampen my spirits you know what i mean i don't think he wanted to do that and uh to be honest with you i i still then i still didn't quite understand the seriousness of an acl because i've had a meniscus injury when i was a lot younger but i just knew that i didn't want to have an acl because it was bad because of what i heard um but yeah so in terms of Movement, I had not much movement. In fact, I remember my brother-in-law having to literally help me get off the floor because we were icing the, the knee and that sort of stuff. Um, and um, and it wasn't long before, and as you would know, Tim, after doing two, um, the swelling kicked in and then your movement sort of all gets restricted. So, yeah. Yeah. But I'm interested to, to understand from, from this point of, of you need to be in a pretty bad place and you're probably hearing the word surgery as, 
as well around us as the typical way of it treating how, how did you come to the um decision to go down the the non-operative pathway good question so um again i was probably um a little naive or not quite educated enough on, on the severity of ACLs. You know, you hear, what do you think guys are out for a season, whatever. Um, but when you do it, and if anyone's done it mentally, it's a it's a massive challenge. Um, you know, I had some dark times there because you just you're just so used to being active, and all of a sudden you're restricted. But I remember meeting up with um, my doctor there, who um, is in Epworth in Richmond, and um, and. So I met up with him. He said, "You got to come back because the swelling's too much." Um, came back from the from the swelling. This is after the MRIs and everything like that. And he said, "Listen, you know, um, if we have to, you know, giving on your age and, and where you're at, I mean, a lot of things have changed now in the medical industry. Obviously, it's a, a rapidly changing environment um, with, with research and, and science and everything else." He said, you, you, we may go down the path of, of, of no surgery. He said, but we're going to stick to the surgery plan and go from there. I said, okay, that's fine. And then I caught up with him another, it might have been three or four weeks later again in Epworth in Richmond. And um, and it was on the Monday and I was supposed to go in for surgery on the Friday. So mentally I was fully prepared to go in and, and, and ready to go under the knife. And when we got there... Um, he said, G'day, you know, call me in, Stuart. And I, I, this takes me back. I said to my wife, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stitch you up. When, he, when I go in there, I'm going to jog into the room. And of course, you're in the waiting room there and everyone's got knee injuries. Everyone's, you know, either on crutches or, you know, got braces on or whatever. And they're with their partners or with their moms or dads, whatever. And he called me and said, Stuart, come in. And I, and I trotted around the corner and looked at him and, and went straight in. And I'll never forget, Ron, we were in there in the, in the room and he, and he had tears streaming down his face and he, and he was just cracking up for 30 seconds. And um, I said, no, Ron, how you going, mate? And he goes, that was brilliant. Rah, rah, and uh, he goes, how are you? I said, well, not bad. I said, I wanted to see you. Let me get into the... <laughs> I, I jogged into the room, 100%. I jogged into the room. Uh, he brought the stage over you. I didn't have the knee brace on. Um, and honestly, Rowan um, told me to, uh, well, basically dropped the knee brace pretty, pretty like I, I dropped it within probably a week or two. Um, so really early on. And he said, you want to get range of movement in that sort of stuff. And um, okay, all right, all right. So we did that. And mentally, um, that was, you know, as supportive as a knee brace is, you know, we all want it there. And as he said, look, I've, I've done the damage. Yeah. So I can't really do anything more to it. Um, but, you know, you want to get that that ROI going, you know, they want to get that, the, 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 sorry, the range of movement, the range of ROM. And um, anyway, so I, I went into the room with him. Um it was yeah, it was great, and and he sat me down on the bed, and um, and he and he did a few stretches, and he said, "How's it feeling? And how's it going? And and everything else." And then he said, "Listen," he goes, "Honestly," and he goes, "Where you are now is where you'd be post four months surgery." Um, he said, "You don't need to have surgery." He goes, yeah. uh, "He goes, I, he goes, I make my money from uh, surgeries and doing surgeries." He goes, "So if you want to do a surgery, I'm more than happy to." Um, he goes, but you don't need to have surgery. You're, you're four months post-surgery where you are. 
Um, and, you know, you need to go and continue on with your rehab, which I was, I was seeing a physio at that stage and, you know, give you your exercise and all that good stuff. Because you need to continue on with that and, um, you know, and, and keep going. And, uh, and, and he goes, we'll make a call. We'll make a call in a few weeks and, and, and check in and see how you're going. Um, and I actually felt disappointed. You know, I think it's a human trait that when something gets taken away for us that we, we want or we're looking forward to, we, we want it. Mm-hmm. And um, we're like, I was ready to go. I was telling everyone, I'm, I'm having surgery on this. I'm going to be out for, you know, six, eight weeks on crutches, whatever, ready, you know, to ready to, to, to attach that, you know, hamstring onto my ACL. Um, Clarity, and when right, I, you had, you had a, a clear pathway that had been well trodden, right? Whereas now you've just been kind of given something that's a bit correct. Down, and, and I, yeah, that's right. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, no one wants to go under the knife. Yeah, no one wants to have surgery. Um, but um, you know, I, I left there, and then it wasn't until I remember coming out of the lifts down the bottom, and I rang my wife. And I started to get really emotional. And if you've done an ACL, it's easy to get emotional. We've all done it. And um, and I just said, I can't, I can't believe this. He said that when you know I don't need to have surgery. Um, apparently, we're we're four months where we'd be post surgery um, on the recovery and just to keep going on on this route. So I was left a little shocked. Um, I mean, the, the benefit was I obviously I I left that place not you know. Thousands and thousands of dollars up, as opposed to a couple hundred bucks for, mm. you know, for a meeting with the doctor. Um, but was I expecting that result? I certainly wasn't. Um, and I'll, am I glad that that results happened now? A hundred percent. Especially when I talk to some of the older, older generation, and you know, you talk to them and they, you say you haven't had surgery, and they, and they just they can't understand that. And you know now, obviously, I'm you know I'm I'm back on board. I'm I'm training for this 200 mile. This 200 mile is coming up again in in February. Um, so we were, what, we're five months away or something like that. So yeah, slowly, slowly. I mean, since then, I've done the 100k walk. I've done uh, you know I've been back training. Um, I'd love to. I'm curious to know if my ACL has attached. Um, that was one of my but questions, have- yeah, whether, whether, whether you'd had a follow-up MRI scan. And I'm guessing the answer is no, because no one does have one, because it's just not considered an option, right? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm curious to know. I, yeah. yeah. I, if it didn't attach, I just think um, I'd be a bit disappointed. Um, but Yeah. Is it- what, what, are you, what are you gaining from knowing if you're, you know, you're right. doing a 200 miler anyway, so it's not so. I'm guessing your standard of life isn't hasn't hasn't been too uh, aggressively impacted um, by not Correct. knowing or or by the injury. Where I mean, yeah. interested to know in that conversation was the caveat put in place that um, you were going to have to restrict your levels of activity if you didn't have the the surgery because that's that's one I hear hear a lot. Oh yeah, you can not have surgery if you're happy to never turn again <laughs> basically or well, returning to pivoting sport is, is, is the more serious um statement yeah. that people say um but that's one that's always kind of 
that that I've been challenging and I, I've returned to playing football or, or soccer to you um, with it, but it was very much the the definitive statement was, oh, you can you can avoid surgery, but you can't you can't twist and turn on that that knee. Were you told that? Were you, was it just simply you're at four months post operative now? Just keep going. Yeah, correct. Um, it was it was much the latter, um, Tim. So, um, you know, he in in in, in Rowan's defence, in the doctor's defence, he, you know, he quizzed you before that and asked you, "What do you do? Um, you know, what do you do? You know, recreation, everything like that." Um, I'm I'm more of a sort of a, a, a trail runner, which is you know on on the trails as opposed to on the roads. Um, and his advice was he didn't want me on the trail just yet because of the uneven surfaces. So whether that had something to do with um, you know the the twisting and turning or the uneven surfaces and you know stepping on rocks or whatever. Uh, I'm assuming it probably did, but that was only for a short period of time anyway. And, um, you know, as any good patient does, they just ignore their doctor's advice and went and did it anyway. Um, so, how, how, then after, how long was that when you were doing trail running after Rups and your ACL? Not advocating so, by any means. That question's not a leading into here's what you can, here's what you should try doing. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, so, look, I. Um, Progressively, I you know I started because uh, I started walking, and then um, I remember the next the next other day after I climbed up a mountain, and then I'm like you know I walk back down, and then it, I think it's just like a, a natural progression. I started running, um, you know I'll just jog a little bit, I'll jog to this letterbox, I'll jog to that uh, um, power pole, whatever it is, and then it just flowed on from there. And then I was like, well, I'm here now. Um, I must admit. Even since I've done it now, um, and it's just been it's over a year now. Like I still, I still now probably check the ground more um, than I used to, as in where I'm putting my feet. And I think that's just a mental, um, a mental block or a mental challenge, if you will, that you know I've got to overcome. Because, and I think that's become ever since from the injury. Because you think, oh, you know, you don't ever want to go back there again. Now, unfortunately, you've done it twice. Um, but you know, I think you you don't want to. But um, in terms of the twisting and turning, it's funny you say that. Like I'm actually thinking about um, going back and play basketball as a, a junior. Um, but you know, going back and playing some some social, you know, um, Tuesday night sort of stuff. And um, I haven't had a, an issue at all with um, twisting and turning. And you know, I, I sort of run around, and kick the soccer ball with my kids, and you know. Um, do little, you know, games with them and drills with them, that sort of stuff, and um, which is the only stuff you want to do after you have your injury, of course. Um, but yeah, I haven't had an issue whatsoever. Yeah. So, h- how long would you say it was till you? I know you, you mentioned that you're still um, watching where you walk, which is probably not the worst outcome. Um, but yeah, how long do you think it was till you were back to your? kind of stay same levels of activity as pre-injury um after the incident happened no oh, do you know what that is a great question and i can probably get that answer for you so because you're a magician with uh you're editing you'll probably edit this out anyway so just give me one second yeah. uh so i did my over <laughs> so i did my injury i'm pretty sure in july or something like that, um, and I did a. So I did a. What was it? 
a 73k hike um, in February. Um, there was a five-day hike in Wilson's Promontory. And then I was training for the Oxfam, which is the 100k walk. And I think we did that in uh, February or March as well. So I reckon I reckon I would have been back within sort of five or six months. Yep. As a, you know, as a rough guide. And that was running. It was a hard, it was hard for me because I was so active, like most of us, having that do an ACL um, and just been, you know, um, just just doing nothing. But each day or, you know, it would be each day, especially early on in those first probably, oh, I reckon, eight to 12 weeks, you just start to notice differences in in range of movement or you know you can now start to take one one step up each stairs as opposed to two steps on each stair or you know you can bend your knee a little bit more um bend over a little bit easier you just a range of different stuff so um each day you'd, you'd notice little things but to be honest it, it wasn't i mean running was a little bit longer because i think it was again a bit of a mental block and i just been hadn't done one before and you know all you're guided by is the, the physio and the exercises you're doing so it's just really a, a matter of you know you know your body more than anyone just take it easy and, and go from there but it wasn't long it would have been four or five months i reckon and and then back into it yeah yep and you were following a, a structural rehabilitation plan led by your physio then I was, yeah, and like every good patient, we don't enjoy that sort of stuff. It's boring as boring as batshit, um, and um, it, it's mentally hard to go there. One thing that did work well, and this is from my running coach, in fact, and I, it wasn't from my physio, it was, uh, and I, I honestly believe it, it really did help my and speed up my recovery, was running up and down the, the line in the pool. Um, I used to go in there, and I used to, I used to go in there and pump out, like, Two two k's. I'd be there for an hour or two, oh, and wow. um, give it yeah, there, and it would no forward. Just yeah, yeah, yeah forward. I know that sounds a bit bizarre, but one of my big ones is um, the sled pull backwards. So that really helps yeah, park okay. your lower quads, which are kind of your stabilising forces, um, which compensate if your if your ACL hasn't reattached. Right. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, you might look a bit weird. I mean. Because running around in the pool is probably not the best lucky way. <laughs> oh, mate, look, look, I put on a few kilos in anyway, so it didn't matter. I'm looking a bit weird, but um, I uh, the other thing, if, if you're going to do that, um, and and my coach put me on this is get those, you know, those little booties you wear if you're in a river or whatever. You can get those little you know, wetsuit type boots. Yep. Because sometimes if the if the pool's got those little um, tile, those little square tile, and, and I noticed this after the second time I was in there. It's really rough on your feet, really hard on your feet because you're there all day and you're trying to do, you know, trying to lift your knees up a little bit and whatever. So, um, so that was good. Yeah. So the pool was really good, um, and I think that um, that really helped me come along a bit, you know. And it also gave me a feeling of running again, even though I was in the water, because obviously you, you know, the water helps you float, um, which was um, which was great. And once I started, you know. The smile on my face. I'm like, how good is this? Yeah. Um, it was just uh, just relief. And, you know, to feel that bead of sweat come down again, even though you're in the water, it was just magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And re- really important takeaway, I think, for that is how important that we have surgeons like, you know, huge credit to, to your surgeon for for kind of allowing you to to listen to your body and um, and give it a go. Because, um, yeah, you certainly wouldn't have been doing the, the trails after after five months if you had that, had surgery. So that's that's really good. And hopefully your recovery continues to be a positive one. Um, just wanted to, to finish on if you'd had if you could give a piece of advice to someone who was kind of currently sat on the fence deciding what to do, they've just suffered an ACL um, rupture themselves. Um, if you had any advice that the, the you'd give them in terms of that decision-making process of, of maybe giving the nod to a, a go. Yeah, um, I, I would say... Than the little uh, um, booties, obviously, <laughs> Uh, I would say um, everyone's um, situation is different. Okay, so, you know, I'm still seeing um, with um, professional uh, and elite athletes that when they do an ACL, I'm I'm leaning towards obviously AFL footballers here, they're getting the surgery, so there must be some reasoning behind that or whether it's, I don't know what it is. Um, So maybe if you are that high level, it's probably worthwhile talking to to some doctors and some people that have done it or whatever. I would also be saying to do your research, um, expand your horizons because, um, I mean, knowing... um, I, I was completely blown away that you know you could get away with not having surgery and honestly without a word of lie I'm I feel like I've I haven't even done an ACL now I mean and and you feel that earlier on so don't be afraid to um, embrace change um, explore something new um, and um, and obviously the, the major part as we know the human body is an incredible thing and has an ability to adapt and change and and um and grow so make sure you're you know you're open to that and um and 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 on the on the mental side of things um i mean there's this group on facebook's probably the most supportive one i've ever been on and i'm not one for these supportive type groups but i thought this was incredible um talk to other people um that have done it i wish i'd done that um because i felt like it was in the world so talk to people that have done it. Um, listen to people like Tim, you know, you and your podcast and, uh, and and just ask for advice. That's probably the best thing. And remain positive, you know, because you will get through it. There is a silver lining. You will make it through. The end, and, and, and for me, I will cross that 200-mile finish line. Hello, I'm Con. And I'm Stav. And, and we're we Eddie Nucky. You're listening to Radio Caram. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right or if you have a nasty rash keeping you up at night Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about, about a thing. thing Don't worry 
Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. <laughs>